Welcome back to the middle of culture. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Jones. And I am your other host, Eden. So Eden, how you been doing? I'm dead inside. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that, but I sympathize. (laughs) Cassian Andor episode six just killed me. Oh, I don't, don't tell me anything more about it because I, I still have not watched it. Any episodes of it because oh my god i got too much else going on i'm dead i'm dead inside the show killed me last night okay well i will remember and i i saved it for myself i saved it for myself as a little treat after i watched our movie i got home from work yesterday and my wife was like what do you got to do tonight and i was like well i gotta watch the wolverine but i want to watch episode six of andor so i can't decide if i should watch the wolverine and then save andor as like a little treat for myself and she was like you do that don't don't do the other thing you're thinking about which is watch andor first and then try to watch the wolverine Smart call. and she was right Smart call. she was right yeah i can't wait for you to watch andor uh when you do we will have a very fat spoiler cast uh in this feed uh listeners uh, where we can talk about things like the way that capitalism kills ideology. <laughs> well, the good news is... Which is the only spoiler I will give for episode six. Excellent. The good news is is that She-Hulk is almost done. I have not had time to watch the finale that came out today. Oh! Uh, just I watched it. It was pretty okay. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really have enjoyed that show. I don't think that it has taken... You know, a lot of the other Marvel TV shows for me have had at least one or two episodes where I felt like there was a a fairly notable dip in the quality. I think the only one that really didn't feel that me that way for me, honestly, was Hawkeye, which is why, while not maybe the best, it's still my very favorite. Um, I don't know how it'll stack up to She-Hulk because I've really enjoyed it, but, and I have enjoyed that it has felt to me, it has kind of felt like as the show has gone on, it continues to sort of get its stride. I'm not feeling like it's slipping up, at least not up until, uh, again, you know, uh, episode what eight, which is the one I watched last week. So we'll see. But uh, sure, as soon as I get well, that, well, I'm done, sure can... that in our next episode, well, in our next episode, we'll have to do a short spoiler session on She-Hulk after you've seen the uh, season finale. Yes, because I it does some very interesting things. Um, it didn't push as hard as I maybe would have wished that it would, but it did push in some very interesting ways um, on on what I would have expected from a Marvel show's last episode. Nice. So, Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't know if I'll get around to I might get around to it tonight after we're done recording. Most likely not, just because I'm such a tired old man. But hey, that's okay. And I still, this is the thing, I still haven't even had time to watch the most recent episode of The Rings of Power, which... For people who are listening, just be aware that uh, I think hopefully the final episode airs tomorrow. So I'm hoping that within the next week or two, there will be a bonus episode uh, with myself and uh, Eden and uh, my youngest sister, Vanessa, who will be joining me as she is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And in a family discord that we, uh, that we have set up, uh, Vanessa and I have been gushing uh, between the two of us about the Rings of Power. And I kind of just said to her, I said, hey, do you want to do an episode and we can just gush uh, about it? And she said, yes. So we'll have a bonus episode about the Rings of Power coming out in the next couple of weeks as well. So some good stuff coming, I think. Yeah. 
Well, is there anything other than uh, Andor and uh, She-Hulk that you've been into lately? Any other books, comics, music, uh, games, anything like that? Uh, you know, uh, listening to a lot of music lately, uh, the newest album uh, by a certain Vaporwave artist that I really like came out. Um, it is an album entitled, I have to pull it up, uh, it's an enti- album entitled Body Double uh, by the artist 18 Carat Affair. Um, and it is quintessential vaporware. I don't know how, if you're into what vaporware at all. No, not at um, all. When you say the words vaporware to me, my brain automatically goes to uh, software that has been uh, that has been reported to be coming out that has not yet come out. Yeah. Uh, vaporwave. I misspoke. Oh, vaporware sorry. Vaporware is what it's named after. Vaporwave. No, I'm also not uh, familiar with vaporwave. Vaporwave is like... What if, what if the 1980s was just music, but like not the music of the 1980s as much as just the 1980s was just music. All right. Um, and it's it's really weird. It, ha- it uses a lot of sampling. Um, it uses a lot of it. It kind of feels like what you and this album specifically, Body Double, is really interesting because most of the songs are less than a minute long. Okay. It's a 50-minute album, and it's only 43 minutes long. Uh, so most of the songs are very, very short. And then between each song is the of a channel being changed oh, on an old-timey TV. That's kind of a cool idea. So it is, as though, it is as though you are just flipping the channels every 30, minute, 30 seconds to a minute um, and are presented with another like tiny little sliver of 1986. And uh, I I just think it's a charming little album. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, and Vaporwave as a genre is extremely weird like that. Um, you know, a really another really good example of Vaporwave that's more 90s than 80s is the website Poolside FM. Are you familiar with the website Poolside FM at I all? I have heard of it, but I have never been there. Uh, well, it's a pretend OS. So you go... And it boots up a Pretend OS, and then there is a Pretend OS in your uh, your browser window that has a radio station that plays like weird vaporwave music, has a video player that plays weird commercials from the early '90s, and other just weird like detritus of a Windows 3.1 looking and acting uh, OS. Mm. Uh, so that sort of stuff is the sort of stuff you get with vaporwave. So I've been listening to a lot of that lately. It's very weird and very fun. Nice. Excellent. How about yourself? You know, other than kind of trying to stay on top of the usual shows that uh, my son and I are watching, She-Hulk, The Great British Bake Off, and uh, Lego Masters, which a new season has started, I've been continuing to chip away at uh, the Wheel of Time. I'm a little over halfway through book four. Hopefully I'll finish that up in the next week or so and uh, move on to book five. Haven't really been playing anything. What is? Sorry, what was that? What is Lego Masters? I've never heard of this. Oh, Lego Masters is a silly Fox show that ends up showing up on Hulu the day after it goes. And it starts out and there's 12 teams of two people who are maybe their family, their friends, their, you know, they've met online and and they're big Lego fans. They, They build Lego, they do that. And you get these teams together and each week there's a theme and they generally have between about 12 to 15 hours um, and just millions of Lego bricks. 
and they have to build a thing. So the first episode that we watched was, um, uh, it was spaceships. They had to build these spaceships that kind of told a story and then had to attach to this massive Lego space station from this single point of attachment that was a cluster of about, you know, like five by five Lego bricks they had to attach their spaceship to and it had to stay there and, and be supported. Uh, last week, the one we watched, it was a Jurassic World themed one where they had to create Lego scenes with dinosaurs and then had special effects like sparks or gunpowder trails or explosions or things like that that they kind of built into the scene. It's fun. It's, you know, low stakes. If you kind of stop paying attention for a few minutes, you haven't missed anything kind of TV. And it's just fun. Gareth and I really enjoy uh, watching what these folks have come up with uh, just out of their imaginations and, and, and just about every type of Lego brick that you could imagine. And it is, it is impressive what people come up with. And I look at that and say, wow, that is a, a particular skill set that I, uh, I do not uh, I do not have. So it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I think we've talked about, I think we've talked about Legos before, how you and I are both like Legos are fun. When what I do is I take the set and I follow the instructions in the booklet. Yes. Very satisfying to do that. And watch I'm it not, come together. I don't got, I don't got the skills to, I don't, I have imagination in other areas of my life. I don't have it for put these blocks together into something that has not been done before. And it was not presented to me as the exact plan to follow. Yep. I am very much the same. This is why, this is why I like building Gunpla Gundam models, because there's only one way to do that. And that's the only right way to do it. There you go. No, other than that, a little bit of music. I've been struggling a little bit getting into music as well lately, but a couple of things worth mentioning. Uh, you know, the new Lamb of God album, Omens Dropped. I'm a sucker for Lamb of God. Their particular brand of just aggressive, uh, perhaps silly, over-aggressive type of metal, Just it just tickles my fancy sometimes, and it gives me just the kick to the nuts that I just need. And uh, so, you know, I've been enjoying that album a little bit. I've been getting into the new Queensryche album and Queensryche is one of those bands that I have a very long history with having really fallen in love with them back in the kind of, you know, I think it was just a little bit before empire came out in 1990, which was the album that kind of made them a household name. I got into them a little bit before then and, and really loved their earlier albums, the warning rage for order. And uh, I would still, contest that Operation Mind Crime is the best concept album, at least the best rock slash metal concept album that has ever been recorded. And, uh, that is so, whew, that's a big claim. Uh, yeah, it's a, I've gone back and listened to it again. And, and the reason that I give it such high praise is number one, it does tell a cohesive story and it's coherent. You listen to the album start to finish and you can understand what's happening without even having to like dig out a little booklet and read the lyrics and everything. So they did a fantastic job sure. of presenting the story that they're trying to tell. But most importantly, with the exception of maybe a few little interstitial bits here and there, all of the actual songs completely stand up as independent songs. They are... They are good, good, and sometimes great songs. I mean, the eyes of a stranger, um, you know, 
just is one of, I think the greatest, uh, rock slash metal songs ever written. And, uh, so I've been getting back into a little bit older Queensryche. In fact, I was listening to promised land before uh, we started recording and was reminded that that was a really fascinating, really interesting album for Queensryche to put out following the astounding wide commercial success that was empire and that promised land is a fascinating album that I'm going to be listening to more over the next couple of days at the very least. So, you know, getting I some, think, old, some older music via some newer music that has come out. I think promised land was the first Queens, right? album I ever owned. So I don't know if this happens for you, but for me, even if I can, later on say that objectively other albums by a group are better there's always something special about the first album of theirs that i ever listened to yes um and so promised land still has a lot of that i haven't listened to it in years but i still feel a lot of affection towards that specific album because it was that first uh queen's album that i had ever really gotten into you know it was really interesting we were driving home and my son my youngest was in the car and we're listening to this and I'm like, I haven't listened to this album in probably 20 years. I could still sing along almost every single word. Like it's one of those albums yeah. that's that ingrained. And it was the same for me. It was rage for order. Rage for order was the first Queensryche album that I happened to find the CD in a bargain bin at, um, I don't remember which record, which, you know, music store it was, but I found it there started spinning that thing. And that is just like you said, even though it's not their best though, I think it is one of their best. Uh, it is absolutely hands down my favorite Queens rank album. And they're actually coming to the Shoshone Bannock, uh, Fort hall casino to play in December. I saw them there a number of years ago and it was a good show. Uh, a lot of energy. It was a decent venue, not too big, not too small. And so I'm like, Hmm, maybe I'll go see Queens in a couple months. This is this is the Jeff Tateless Queensryche. Oh yes, correct? well, because the other is no longer called Queensryche. They gave up. That's Jeff right, Tate isn't it called Operation Mindcrime? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and and you know it was a shame in listening to these old Queensryche albums because Jeff Tate has such a good, unmistakable kind of unique voice uh, that it just pains me a little bit to know that he's a complete asshat. But hey. Todd yeah. Latour, the new lead singer, has an absolutely incredible set of pipes. And uh, again, having seen them live with him, he's a, a really great frontman. Very dynamic, very exciting, very engaging with the crowd. Uh, really came across to me the, the time I saw them as just grateful for this opportunity that he had and that people were there getting excited at the music. And, you know, some people give off that vibe. Some people don't. I mean, look. Bless their hearts. My favorite band ever, Neurosis Live, did not interact with the crowd at all, not a single word. They got up there, they played their music, and and it works for them because the music of Neurosis is abrasively meditative, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so it made sense that they were just up there kind of deep in the music. Uh, but you know, I love it when you, you like Chuck Billy, the lead singer of Testament, who I think I've seen three, maybe four times now, very, very engaged with the crowd. And, you know, when I saw them on the Slayer farewell tour, they got this little probably eight year old kid who had a Mohawk Chuck Billy gets him up on stage and has him like, you know, 
singing along and like throwing he's uh, Steve DiGiorgio, the bass player is giving him picks for the kid to throw out in the crowds. And Chuck Billy's giving him his like sweatbands from his wrist. And it was, it, that kind of stuff is fun. And, and Todd Latour definitely seemed much more in that I'm here to entertain you, but at the same time, I love that you guys are here. And so it's fun. It was a good show. And yeah. so I think I'm going to go again, but well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that neurosis doesn't do that shit. Yeah. Like that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I am going to maybe, I'm trying to decide if I can. So here's the thing. Godspeed you black emperor is coming to the Englert here in Iowa city Ooh. and gun to my head. Godspeed you black emperor is one of my three favorite bands. You, it's I remember like, that you have mentioned that before, but like, how's that going to work live? I feel like their music works because of the way that it's constructed for the, like in the audio file. So I don't know how it's going to work live and the tickets are, pretty expensive so i'm trying to decide and like cassie was like sure i'll go like in the dutiful wife way not in the i'm excited to also go see this artist way so then you're like well i don't want to go by myself yeah but i also don't know if i want to drag her to a show she's not really gonna like especially not if tickets are like 95 dollars each so yeah so i'm trying to decide if i'm gonna even go uh but I bet they also put on a show like Neurosis. I bet they walk out on stage, do some real weird shit for an hour and a half, and then disappear. Yeah. Like ravens into the night. I can believe that. I can believe that. It's the kind of music they make. Yep. Anyway, should we talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. This week, we have made it all the way to 2013's The Wolverine, which in some ways feels like it was... Uh, it was made at least in part as a reaction to the truly horrible movie that we previously watched X-Men origins Wolverine. What did you think about the Wolverine of note? And I did not realize this at the time directed by James Mangold who would later uh-huh. direct Logan. Yes. What were your thoughts? Um, I felt like this movie was aggressively mid. There were some points that I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And a lot of it where I was like, oh, that's really orientalist and pretty gross. Uh, I felt like it was pretty mid. A lot better. A lot better than X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> but the bar was literally in hell. So it was not hard for this to leap it with ease. Um, but yeah, I th- it was worse than I remembered, but not as bad as I feared. How about you? Interesting. I think I was the exact opposite. I enjoyed it a, a lot more than I expected I was going to thought that in the okay. end it was better than I remembered it being. And even though in my memory, I remember thinking oh, I liked most of it until I got to the big punchy punchy at the end. I found the punchy punchy at the end while still kind of stupid to be less obnoxious than I remembered it being when I had previously watched the movie. And so for me, while I agree, definitely sort of a mid-tier movie, I actually think overall, while it's probably not a better movie, I enjoyed The Wolverine more than I enjoyed First Class. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. 
don't get it twisted. I think that I think we're probably at about the same spot in terms of our feeling for this film, but you were just coming from below and I was coming from <laughs> above. But no, this is a solid this is solidly number three yeah. in the ranking Absolutely. at this point. I'm like X X-Men and, and, X-Men and, and, and X2 are kind of right there, back and forth for me, which one, depending on the day, I think I like better. And then yeah, so far uh-huh. this one is this is the third in terms of my overall. A rank. solid third. Comfortably. Yes. Comfortably. Uh, uh, a, a, a few steps above first class. Yeah. Which surprised me. And because there was just, a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't love James Mangold, but I like James Mangold. I think he made some good movies. 310 to Yuma is a hell of a Western. If you have never seen 310 to Yuma, you should watch it. It is one of the, like, there was like a weird renaissance of Westerns in like the mid to late aughts. And it's one of those that works really, really well. 310 to Yuma is really good. Assassination of, oh, uh, I can't remember. It's got a ridiculous title. Um, the Assassination of Someone by the Coward Someone Else. I can't remember the name of the movie. <laughs> also really good. Not good enough for me to remember it, but that's because it's a harder name to remember than 310 to Yuma. Um, there was a couple of those really good like mid-aughts westerns, and his was very good. And the thing about this movie is there were just shots that worked from a cinematic perspective that I felt like I have not seen in an X-Men movie since X2. Like there was care to to the way that things were shown, to lighting, to to uh, staging, to ways that cameras would move through scenes. And it felt so much more intentionally created rather than built by committee, which is what kind of the last three sort of felt like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that, you know, you bring up an interesting point. It's probably that I was coming into this with really, really low expectations. And so it surpassed, it surpassed those. And I think that's why I ended up going, Oh, I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I was going to. I have to, I have to put on the record. The name of the title, the title of the film from Andrew Dominic is the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. Very good film. That and three ten to Yuma are good Westerns. If you want to be like, Oh, I'd like to watch Westerns, but not watch terrible racist John Wayne in a Western. <laughs> Here's two of them. There you go. Well, let's go to hell, John Wayne. I mean, you're already dead. So you're already there. So problem solved. There you go. Well, let's go. I'm going to give a real quick sort of plot summary and then let's just get into what we thought, what worked, what didn't work and uh, kind of talk about yeah. the movie. So, you know, we're, it, it. it starts out in World War II. Logan is in uh, some sort of underground. At first, I, I thought that he was like sneaking into this military base sort of or, or camp at least. And then I realized, oh, no, he's a prisoner there. And in come a couple B-52s and you know, I knew what was going to happen. It took my son a little bit to figure that out, but that's okay. He's 13. So, <laughs> He's just a little guy. So, so uh, they're, they're near Nagasaki. The bomb drops as this one Japanese soldier is running around with his sword and he's knocking off the locks of where they had prisoners of war, setting them free the other, some of the other soldiers all kneel down facing where the, the bomb is going down and, you know, uh, commit suicide. 
And just as this, uh, this other officer, Yashida, is getting ready to do the same, Logan has gotten out of the prison thing that he was in and gets the guy down in the bottom, drops on top of him just as the blast comes, and he sort of shields Yashida's body with his own. Yashida then looks up and sees that Wolverine is basically completely fried and then sees him heal. And then we fast forward to the present day in, and Logan is, you know, he's, he's now gotten a lot of his memories back. He's living as a hermit in the Yukon. He's having these bad dreams with Jean gray in them. He, uh, you know, roughs up a couple dudes who basically shot a bear with a poison arrow, but didn't do the job right that he'd had to kill. And so he's kind of just being a grumpy old badass in the, in the Yukon. And Yukio, uh, this mutant who's able to foresee people's death, shows up and says that uh, Yashida wants, is dying from cancer and wants to say goodbye to Logan. So Logan and Yukio go to Japan, and uh, there he meets uh, the son and the granddaughter of Yashida. And Yashida kind of says, and this is something we'll talk about, but he's like, look, I can give you what you always wanted, which is to die, to be able to die. Just, I figured out a way to steal to, to transfer your healing ability to me. I don't want to die. I want to live forever. Give me your healing ability. And then you can have a normal life and you can die whenever you want. And, and I can live forever. You know, Logan's like, trust me, this is not what you want. This is not the right thing for you. Yeah. She does got this creepy Dr. Green, who is his oncologist. And she does a little something funny to Logan, but he dismisses it as a dream. The next morning, we find out that uh, Yashida has died. There is a funeral. Yakuza gangsters try and kidnap Yashida's granddaughter, Mariko. Logan helps her escape. But in the meantime, he's getting blasted a little bit and kind of beat up here. And he's not shrugging it off like we would expect Logan to normally shrug things off. They eventually go on a bullet train. There's a fight on the train. They get to a hotel. Logan is again getting pretty pretty beat up uh, rough here when uh, Logan and Mariko eventually make it to her house in Nagasaki. They fall in love. Yukio has a vision of Logan dying and goes out to Nagasaki to warn him. Mariko is captured by the Yakuza. Uh, Logan and Yukio are able to figure out kind of a little bit what's going on. They meet up with uh, Mariko's fiance, Noboru, who was kind of a scumbag. He's in conspiracy with Mariko's father to have the Yakuza kidnap her because Yashida left the control of his vast technological empire to Mariko and not her father. So then we get to kind of a... a Mariko is taken back to where her dad is. And all of a sudden a bunch of ninjas attack, uh, attack her dad, take her away. Logan and Yukio arrive later and Logan is able to figure out that he's not healing because some weird little spider insect bot looking thing had been placed in him by Dr. Green. He manages to reach into his, you know, cut himself open, reach into his own chest cavity and pull it out, which shortly kills him. And then of course, now that the suppressing thing is gone, it, uh, his healing factor kicks in and he, uh, is back alive. They, 
then go to the village of Yashida's birth. Harada, which is the ninja dude, he's there. There's a ton of ninjas. There's a big fight, fight, fight. Eventually, Logan makes it to the the stronghold built into the mountainside. There's Dr. Green. Turns out she's the viper, and she's like poisoning people and peeling off her skin, but then still looking kind of the same after she peels off her skin, except now she doesn't have any hair. That part didn't make sense to me. It seems superfluous. And then we find out that Yashida's not dead. He's in the Silver Samurai, a great big adamantium robot. Fight, fight, fight. He has adamantium swords that are hot so he can cut through Logan's claws, cuts out his claws, and then is like drilling into his claws. I'm assuming what's supposed to be like into the marrow of his bones to suck out the healing factor into himself. We see Yashida get young. Logan starts to look pretty rough. And then all of a sudden Mariko, who previously has shown that she is quite adept at throwing knives, has picked up the claws of Logan that were cut off higher up in the stronghold and throws them into her grandfather's head, thus killing him. And somehow now Logan gets his healing factor back. His bone claws grow because his metal claws, has the adamantium ones, have been cut off. Bone claws grow. He kills Yashida with that. And then he has a final hallucination of Jean where we then see that Mariko has become the CEO of Yashida Industries and Logan leaves Japan. Then we do have a mid credit scene. Logan is in the US. It's a couple years later in the airport and boom, there's Magneto, our good friend Eric, and Charles Xavier messing with large groups of people's minds and freezing them yet again, proving that he is a dirtbag. <laughs> And they warn him of weapons that will bring the end of the mutant race. Boom. Movie ends. Direct setup for Days of Future Past. And that, and that's it. And that's it. That's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. So what did you think other than, you know, what you already said? What were some of the things that you liked? What didn't you like? What were some of the more specific things that stood out to you for good or ill in this movie? Um, so like I said, the big thing I liked about this movie is that Mangold knows how to make a shot work, which is something that, like, Matthew Vaughn can sort of do pretty okay, and he gets better at it. Um, but First Class was not very good, and clearly Last Stand and X-Men Origins, they could not do a good shot if their life depended on it. <laughs> no, no, um, but this has a lot of really striking shots um, and some really interesting, uh, some interesting fight scenes. I think that having... Wolverine lose his healing ability or have it be lessened by the weird creature attached to his chest is interesting. Yeah. Um, it adds a vulnerability to him. That is literally what the entire movie Logan is about. Um, spoilers if you haven't seen, I mean, you already saw the trailer, so you know what Logan is about. It's got the song hurt by Johnny cash in it. What do you think this movie is going to be about? Um, but anyway, uh, I thought that, level of vulnerability was good. Um, and there was just some really striking shots. Um, and I really enjoyed many of those things. Uh, as I did mention earlier, the Orientalism is off the charts (laughs) guys. Like first off, do we like samurai or not? Secondly, if you like samurai, why are you working with Ninja? Do you know anything 
about samurai and ninja? I'm not even a weeb who cares about this stuff, but I know enough to know that, like, A, no, you can't say that the ninjas are honorable, like, pretend. What are you talking about? And neither are the. What? What? There were so many lines like that that I was like, this was written by the whitest person who ever lived and then put into the mouth of these Japanese actors and they didn't and they did it with a straight face. And I am so impressed (laughs) because they should be going, oh, my God, what are you doing to my history right now? Uh, But they say it with a straight face because sometimes you just want a paycheck. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the Orientalism is just off the charts but and and i'm gonna say also something the briefly comics that it were based that. on were that way yeah and that was one thing is this is kind of one of those stories where again i haven't read a ton of x-men and uh, but i i read enough again the, the the seminal x-men comic for me is this one x-men annual from probably the late 80s where some weird dude comes and gets them all and transports them to some citadel and everybody gets... You mean the one that's in my basement right now? Uh, probably. X-Men Annual 11? I love that comic. I read it so many times. And I remember in there that Logan gets... Uh, it, they, the, the guy who I don't remember who he is basically is trying to trap Logan in this memory like he's doing with all the other X-Men or not really a memory, but this, you know, again, here's the, here's what you want. And, and the first thing that Logan goes to, I think, I think it's the first thing is Japan. And, and I think it's supposed to be Mariko. I don't remember the name sounded like it. it, it yep. Mar- Mariko is there. And so, you know, so I remember that I was like, okay, this is, this is a part of Logan. There's, this is a, this is some story that they have told in the past. So, um, yeah. But but what I was gonna say is, interestingly, you 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 mention all these things, and I go, oh yeah, that was there. I just didn't even pay attention to any of that stuff. Like, it just it just like just went right past me, rolled right over me, because I was just like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Again, I think I was kind of watching this in a, like my brain is half turned off sort of stage, which is probably why I liked it as much as I did because as with many of these movies, it's a brain turn off kind of movie. That's the best way to enjoy it is to turn your brain off. And so there are a lot of those things. Again, you mentioning it now makes me go, oh yeah, I don't even remember some of those things being said in the movie until you brought it back up. Yeah. And like, I understand what it's based on. It's based on the 1982 miniseries. Uh, Wolverine, uh, which, you know, I, I I feel the same way about it that I do about this movie. It is Claremont at his most Claremont for good or for ill. And Frank Miller, before he went, got really bad at art. It was back when Frank Miller was pretty okay at art still. Um, Because it was 1982. It was forever ago. And, I mean, it was before I was born. Uh, But, like, it... It really has its moments where it really shines, even though as you're reading it, you're like, this is the stupidest thing. Like, oh, he's a Ronin because he doesn't have a master because they just came back from the Savage Lands. And so now Wolverine's mad and falls in love with Mariko. In I will say in the comics, Mariko is specifically uh, and her family are specifically Yakuza. So the idea of the Yakuza being mad at them is more turf wars in the comic than it is. Uh, like weird uh, corporate intrigue stuff. Gotcha. But uh, 
but a lot of it is still just lifted straight out of that and it largely works it's fun if you've still got your marvel unlimited uh it's four issues you crank that out in a night it's like 80 pages long yeah uh but yeah it i i I too also remember that that x-men annual 11 uh where you see both mariko he goes to mariko's grave uh in that comic because he realizes mariko's dead so he imagines mariko's grave and storm hangs out with her girlfriend yukio yes. who they weren't allowed to be they weren't allowed to be canon girlfriends because jim shooter is a homophobic prick but they were subtextually the most girlfriend uh so you know storm has some adventures with yukio running around japan in that weird dream world they go to yes i need to read that again if for no other reason than because it, it was such a it, it's I probably read that comic as a young person uh, more than almost any other comic. I didn't have a lot, but I read that one an awful lot. It slaps. It's great. Everyone's in there. Everyone's in there. Havoc's there. Longshot's there with his weird three fingers. Psylocke's there. Captain Britain's there because he's Psylocke's brother. Yeah. It's a great comic. I, I remember loving it. I remember loving it. So, well, what else worked or didn't work for you? Um, some other things that, uh, worked, uh, I, you know, I, I thought that this movie in a lot of ways is a dry run for what they're going to do in four years and do better. Oh yeah. Very much. Um, and, and, and I think that a lot of that will come from focusing on the best parts of this Wolverine as protector, as, as violent protector, but as like ultimately that is why the claws come out is to protect other people. It is not for any other reason anymore. Um, which again is who he becomes and, and, and is what makes Logan work is that, you know, he has to do this last final thing basically. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch. I'm, I'm more excited after watching this to watch Logan again. Um, yeah, I will say, I will say, however, as I was reading the Wikipedia page, I discovered that originally Darren Aronofsky was contracted to direct this film. Yes. I remember I remember the buzz on the internet about that many years ago. Can you imagine an Aronofsky Wolverine movie? I want that in my eyeballs so bad. <laughs> but that's fine. It's because, I, and I understand why they got Aronofsky at least initially, because he and Hugh Jackman became friends on the uh, on the uh, set of The Fountain, which great movie if you haven't seen it. Weird as hell, but looks like a bajillion bucks. It's such a cool looking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you watch something like The Fountain, and you're like, yeah, man, I can see why Jackman was like, yeah, you come make my next Wolverine movie because the last one sucked. Um, and I wish that he had, even though, like I say, I think Mangold does good work here. He, I think he does. Uh, he elevates the uh, the state of where the X-Men had been since X2 in a lot of really wonderful ways. Aronofsky just would have done such a weirder thing with it. Yeah. And I wish I could have seen it. Yep. It would have been interesting. That's for sure. I also thought another thing I thought was really interesting um, and a thing that I think, again, is is going to be improved in Logan. This movie wanted to be R-rated so badly, <laughs> but knew that it couldn't be because there are so many action scenes that you're like, 
oh, that was a cooler scene, and then you had to cut it down to get that PG-13. Oh, that was a better scene, but then you had to cut it down to get that PG-13. Um, and apparently there was, like, a longer uncut version of it, but I, don't, I watched whatever was on HBO Max. Uh, and I'm sure that was the theatrical cut. So here's the question for you. Here's what will answer that question for you, because I am fairly certain I did not watch the um, the original version because I was sitting there watching it with my 13-year-old, and by the third time Logan had dropped the F-bomb, I thought to myself, pretty sure this isn't PG-13 third? anymore. Oh, yes, there are three times. Oh, no, there was one. Nope. There was one in the version that I watched on HBO Max yesterday, yep. and it was when he first got to the town in the north. Yes, that was the first one. And then in the version I watched, there were two more. I don't remember the third, oh. the second. The third and final one is in uh, he and Harada are talking uh, in, in as he's trying to approach the stronghold in that final town that they're at, right? And uh-huh. uh, Logan just says, F you. <laughs> just and that's the only one that's the only one that was in mine is when he's talking to Harada and he just says go f yourself and then like drop kicks him oh yes no there there are there are two other times where he says effing it's something you apparently watched a better version of the movie than well, I did what so I will, maybe that's why you liked what it I will better also tell you is there were flying gobbets of blood as Wolverine is oh, like, I got none of as that. As Wolverine is like slashing guys and spinning them through the air with his claws, there are flying gobbets of blood across the screen, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm pretty sure." Even though when I when I fired it up and turned it on, it said at the top on the big iTunes page because I had bought this movie a while ago, so I must have bought the sure. ex- the special version. It still said it was PG-13, sure. so that's why I'm like, "It's fine. My son can watch it with me." And then I was like, "Hmm." Okay. Maybe I shouldn't let my son watch this I'm one. Like, hmm, well, I, at least I already know he's not going to be watching Logan. I might have goofed up a little bit with this one, but hey, whatever. He's a he's a he's he's a mature thirteen year old. Don't let it anybody know that I, I watch it. But no, really, yeah. This I'm fairly certain because I remember watching it, going, okay, yeah, I can see where they're going with this because this is very much proto Logan in 2017 because not as violent and not nearly as much blood, but I'm like, there is plenty of blood in this. And like, again, there was next going across as he's hacking and slashing at people. Yeah. There was next to none in the version I watched on HBO max. The only blood was blood on his body when he was like, I've been stabbed or shot. Like there was never flying blood. And like those, those fight scenes were largely bloodless. So that's really interesting to to see the differences between the two versions. Yeah, that really is. And I was actually going to ask you about that and see if you knew which version you had seen. Because again, like I say, once yeah. we got to the third F-bomb, I'm like, okay, this is clearly not the PG-13 version that was released in theaters. Yeah. But... Well, that's interesting. I bet yeah, I bet your version was, you're also it was also two hour or twelve minutes longer. So I don't know about twelve minutes longer. I needed to watch it, <laughs> but I would have been interested to uh, to see something uh, to see the other version of it. Because yeah, I just noticed that there was a lot of really kinetic, frenetic, exciting action scenes, but they were so bloodless. And I was like, this was how they convinced them to let the. And it was probably a combination of it being like. This did okay, but I bet that the unedited version, the uncut version, extended cut, 
I bet it did well on home video. And so that's when they were like, okay, you can make the violent movie you want to make. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And, and I almost wonder because I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it, I probably saw the theatrical cut as well, which makes me wonder if that's why I enjoyed it more because what they added was actually meaningful to some degree. Could be. Um, some other thoughts that I had, uh, Viper was bad. Yep. Actress was bad. Sorry. Viper is bad. Um, also it's a shame that they couldn't make her. I mean, this is Madam Hydra, but because of weird rights stuff, they're like, we can use this character, but we can't use her title. I had of no Madam Hydra, literally the leader of Hydra in the seventies and eighties created by Jim Steranko in his, uh, his weird Nick Fury agents of agent of shield comic, which is one of the all timers. If you want to read like a silver age, Marvel comics, Starenko's Nick Fury run is just great. So I was happy to see Viper. If only that they needed to cut Nick Starenko a check or Jim Starenko a check, uh, which always cut your art creators a check. But it was funny to me that Madam Hydra was here, but she was lame. Yeah. She just didn't work for me. And I think I wrote that down a couple of times that it just, a lot of it felt out of place. Um, well, and there was just stuff like, did you need to give her a long forked tongue? Right. Or did she need to do the weird peely skin part? Because like you said, that seemed utterly unnecessary. Yeah. I kept waiting um, for her to, like, to look be like, like an, a lizard or a snake or something afterwards. And then literally all that happens is now she's bald. Yeah. They should have kept her looking like a snake through the rest of the movie. That would have been better. Yeah. It just, um, it was weird. I, I really, I, I thought that, um, Mariko and Logan had good chemistry. I did too. I thought that the actors had really good chemistry. Um, always, always love to see really Fukushima, whatever I see her in. Uh, even though those bangs do not do her face shape any help, any uh, favors. No, they really make it because she weird. always looks. She she has such a triangular shaped face. Those bangs did not help. Uh, she looks a lot better when she has her bangs grown out as a human. Um, but I really like I really like Rila Fukushima a lot. I know that apparently Yukio is also in Deadpool two, but it's not this Yukio. It's a different Yukio, but it's still Yukio. Oh. But I haven't seen Deadpool two. I haven't so. either. Apparently she's Negasonic Teenage Warhead's girlfriend. So mm. love, love when they finally make the subtextual lesbian a textual lesbian. <laughs> love that. Love that representation for us. Um, yeah, I thought that the Silver Samurai lo- suit looked stupid. But like you said, I thought it was kind of a fun fight scene. Yeah. More fun than I thought it was going to be. W- it was, again, in my head, I was equating Logan very much to the first Wonder Woman movie in that... Uh, some, you know, kind of really cool things building up to just a really atrocious CGI punch fest at the end. And uh-huh. uh, while I don't think that the first two thirds, three quarters of Logan are quite as good as I, as, or I don't like him quite as much as I like that first, probably two thirds of Wonder Woman. I thought that the finale yeah. of Logan was way, way better than the finale. Of oh, Wonder yeah. Woman. And so that was another Wonder one Woman those, fumbles the bag so oh, badly. It really does. That, yeah. It's not, it's not, that's not hard to do at yeah. all. That's a movie that like the first three quarters of it, you're like, this is one of the best superhero movies I've ever yep. seen. And then the last part, you're just like garbage, yep. this garbage, this movie sucks. 
And then they made so, Wonder Woman 84, which just the whole movie kind of sucked. So I haven't even seen it because oh I heard it wasn't very good. It's it's so bad. It's so bad. It looked and it's bad. So problematic. Oh, it's so problematic. The more you think about what she is doing to Chris Pine, well, really not Chris Pine, but the guy whose body Chris Pine is inhabiting, it, it gets really... It, is that what happens? Does she like body swap steal him? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember all exactly I know is that Maxwell how it Lord... happened. All I know is that at the end, Chris Pine's character is now really gone and she happens to run into the guy who had, who's, who Chris Pine had been inhabiting his body. And you're like, you just had a lot of kind of rapey, non-consensual sex with this dude's body because Ooh. you had, you were envisioning, you somehow managed to transport this other dude's brain in there. And now you're just like smiling at him and making a pass and he's supposed to be okay with you. That's wrong. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't, you know, I don't like that. It, it's a, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, oh, I see you're trying to do the whole, oh, isn't this cute? You had a relationship with him when it was somebody else's brain in his body and now you're going to no. connect with him. And oh, that's just sweet and romantic. And you go, did you think about this for a second? Because it's not, it's rapey and it's creepy. I reject that. So I guess I will never see Wonder Woman 84. That's fine. It's, it's bad. I don't care. It's bad. Anyway, getting back to the Wolverine. Here's a couple things for me. You've talked about some of the things I really like. I thought that the train fight was actually pretty decent. I really like. Yeah. Um, I really like Logan and whoever he's fighting at the time trying to either figure out, do I duck? Do I jump over these things really fast? Or Again, can I fake somebody out so that the other person jumps when they get like, that was great. I loved that. That was fun. He like that was really fakes fun. like he's going to jump. So the other guy who's facing backwards thinks he needs to jump and he jumps up right into a crossbar and gets smacked. Um, you know, that part was cool. The, again, the final fight taking Viper out of the equation would make that final fight actually quite a bit, quite a bit better. Um, I agree. It, Cause just nothing about her character worked in this movie for me. I really liked the beginning. I thought that I like these historical kind of flashbacks that we sometimes get when you look at, you know, world war two with Magneto, you know, slash Eric, those ones are cool. I didn't think that the ones at the beginning of origins worked because nothing in that movie works. That movie is garbage from start to finish, but I liked this. I uh, see. I, uh, I hated the start of this movie. Really? Oh yeah. My first note is just dot dot dot. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> and I did not just write. I did not write effing. I wrote the word, dear listener. Um, and then this is so offensive because really you're gonna put. We haven't done enough to make Wolverine important. We gotta put him at the scene of the drop of the second nuclear bomb, guys. <laughs> like really. Yeah. So I I, didn't, I, I, I I appreciate that you liked it. I thought to myself, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> I think the reason I liked it is because in my head, I was just erasing all of the historical, oh, Logan has been involved in every war since he was born. Garbage from X-Men Origins Wolverine. And so I was looking at this going, okay, this is, I liked, I liked, this is a cool introduction to to the, That's the character and the fact that he's kind of been around for a long time. But I can also that's, see that's I fair. can also see why you'd be like, really? Come on. Um yeah. question for you. 
And this is one of the things yes. in here that I personally didn't feel was earned. So tell me if there's something that I missed. I believe with the bad dreams he's having where Gene is like, come and join me, come and join me. We're supposed to get this idea that Logan, for some reason, wishes he could be there. It doesn't ever work for me again because the relationship between Gene Gray and Logan in none of these movies has worked for me. And it doesn't work for me here either. But I th- indeed it does I not. think that's supposed to be the thing that makes us sympathize with Logan and go, oh yeah, he probably does want to finally die. But it just didn't work for me. When Yashida's like, I want to give you no. what you've always wanted. I'm kind of sitting here going, well, where have we seen that what Logan wants is to die? Like, I just didn't yeah. feel like that is a thing that has been portrayed in his character at any point. And then all of a sudden it's the central crux of this story. And this guy's argument to say, let me take your healing ability because I know what you really want more than anything else is to die. And we get that quote from Yukio where, you know, she's picking Logan up and she says that she's here to offer him what he most wants an honorable death and end to your pain. And I'm kind of going, I mean, we know that Logan's had it rough. We see that he's been put through a lot and stuff, but I just didn't ever feel that what he really was missing was being able to die. Did I miss something or, or did you feel yeah. like that wasn't earned either? No, I'm I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I wrote in my, uh, notes, uh, the gene stuff is forced and unearned. Uh, was it delightful to see Famke Jansen again? Yes. Was she still creepy in every scene she was in? Yes. Is she incapable of not playing Jean Grey as a creeper? I maybe think that that's the case. Which was why uh, she just seems creepy. The only scene with her in it that really worked for me was the last one where she was being super creepy. And so I had written previously, I said, the Jean thing still doesn't work for me. And then I went back up and I was like, except when it's supposed to be creepy. And so the last yeah. one worked because that was supposed to be creepy, but the rest of them, yeah, just, mm, I just don't buy it. Also, like you said, it's just, how long did you know this woman? Exactly. How much, how much time? It seems to me that by the end of that movie, you've maybe spent more time and had more sex with Mariko than you ever did with Jean Grey. So maybe you need to get over your old crush and be with the hot Japanese CEO who wants to be with you literally right now and says, don't leave. And you're like, I gotta leave. Dog. Dog. Be a house husband. My guy. <laughs> right. Live in the dream. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I've always wished for? An easy life where I never have to think about money again. Woohoo! Problem solved. Be the house husband to the hot Japanese CEO. Come on, dude. Yeah, the just the gene stuff never works for me. And again, I felt like they were trying to use that as the impetus for this whole idea that he wants to die. Because again, that's all every dream he has with her is she's like, oh, come join me. You, you need to die already. To. And... Yeah, it just, and and I think it's because I just have found that relationship from the start to just not be believable that, yeah, that it it doesn't work in the ways it is supposed to work in this movie, and so I'm yeah. really glad if I remember correctly 
that there's absolutely none of that in Logan. Yeah, I don't remember there being any either. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, because we don't um, need any more of that. We've already had too much. Agreed. Um, let's see. Another thing uh, I wrote in my notes that I wanted to bring up. I think it's very funny when Wolverine goes and finds Mariko's fiance and he is like partying with some sex workers and he is so incensed that he would cheat on his fiance. Dog, you literally just bumped her earlier in the movie. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, yeah, well, hold on. I'm like, you're saying to him how can you, what you literally just did to his How can you be fiance. mad? How can you be mad that he's stooping sex workers when you're stooping his fiance? My guy, <laughs> you have no moral ground to stand on here. Did he seem like a scumbag? Yes. Was it funny when he threw him out of a window and then he didn't die because there happened to be a pool there? And then Yukio's like, dog, did you know about that? And he's like, no, I just was going to kill him. <laughs> it's fine. That was good. But I did think that it was a very funny, hypocritical moment on uh, Wolverine's part. Yep. Agree 100%. But yeah, fi- final thoughts. Pretty good. Pretty good aggressively mid in terms of like all movies that I watch, oh, yes. but not aggressively mid in terms of X-Men movies. Surprisingly. Uh, when I said, when I said at the beginning, aggressively mid, I'm talking about in terms of all of the films that I watch in my life. Uh, and I watch some real bangers folks. I like, I like some good cinema in my life. Uh, no, it's surprisingly good for an X-Men film. Solid third, solid number three. Yep. I agree completely. I did not think that this would at this point sit in that third spot and uh, was was quite surprised when it managed to 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 make me enjoy it as much as it did. I thought that the quiet moments of this are when this movie really shines. Like you said, I like yep. those those quieter, more introspective moments with Logan and with whether it's Yukio or Mariko. Like those are the best moments of this movie uh, for me and, and manage to be, I think elevate some of the slightly messier parts of this movie that surround those quiet moments. And so I think that's where it ends up being better than I thought it was going to be. And in some ways, maybe better than it deserves to be because the real crux of the story is kind of stupid, you know, Japanese Uh dude who, Logan saved his life and now he wants to steal Logan's healing power. And he's got some creepy doctor who's, I don't know, fork tongue, long tongue can breathe poison, but is immune to uh, none of that made sense. But anyway, yeah, I I thought it was, uh, I enjoyed it. The time went by much, much faster than when I was watching first class. I did not ever feel the need to turn it off halfway through and go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> so that yep. alone made yeah me no go, i i yeah, sat down i sat down i watched it i was annoyed by hbo max's compression because it's not very good of all the streaming services to have a slightly lower bandwidth and have to watch hbo max is the worst one it gets gitchy sometimes mm. but what are you gonna do when you live in a place where there's no good internet thanks the middle of the country um but it was good. I enjoyed it. And then I watched Andor and I was wrecked. <laughs> well, I will definitely have to watch that and get on that relatively soon so we can have our spoiler cast for Andor. Uh, but until Agreed. then, you know, 
we're continuing. We, we only have a few more movies because I think that, you know, I think there's a few that are associated with the X-Men, but I really just don't think we need to, uh, you know, I don't think we need to pull at least at this time, Deadpool and the new mutants and those in. So I'm really thinking we've basically got four more movies to watch. We've got uh, days of future past. We got apocalypse. We got Logan and we got dark Phoenix. And, okay. uh, all so, right. you know, just, just four more of these to get through and then we can move on to other things. Sounds good. But in, I'm excited. I'm uh, again, I have never seen days of future past listeners. I am expecting the worst, even though I know lots of people say it's maybe the best one. People, people have lied to me before <laughs> about the film. and and they will lie to you. People again. have said things are good that are not good. So I am going in with extremely low expectations for this film in the hopes that maybe it'll turn out good. Yeah. We'll see. I don't think that that's I'm annoyed that I'm annoyed that Wolverine is the one who gets sent back in time because I've read a comic and it's supposed to be Kitty Pride, suckers. I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I do think at the very least they come up with a sort of reasonable explanation as to why it is Logan. Okay. So while I am sure that it is because it's probably because of recognizes that Hugh Jackman is is really the biggest star and and the main reason probably most people were coming back to see some of these movies. Uh, they felt the need to make his role much more front and center. They at least give an explanation for it. It's probably because of his healing factor, isn't it? Um, Don't tell me, but I bet it's going to be because he has healing factors. So they're like, he can go back in time because his body will just survive it for some reason. No, I'm going to tell you that that's not it. Oh, okay. It is related well, to his healing factor in a way, but it's that that's not what it is. And I'll leave it at that. All right. So. Well, we'll see where we're at in four weeks because in two weeks, dear listeners, I have a surprise for both you and Peter. Yes. They so will not tell me what it is. So it. I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to come no. in blind and uh, I'm slightly annoyed because I want to know, but I'm also very excited to come in and just have, have you drop it on me. I'm really tempted to tell you, but I think we'll have more fun if I don't. Okay. Then let's, so. then let's not, let's stick to it. All right. Well, we'll see you in two weeks. Listeners. We'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, please like subscribe, rate us on iTunes or wherever you'd like, but iTunes probably gets the most traffic feedback at the middle of Great place to let us know if you've got any thoughts, feedback, or anything. Or if you know us in real life, just reach out to us, and we would be happy to share your feedback for everybody else to hear. Until then, we'll talk in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.